0: Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast.
1: Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room.
0: A lot of crazy scenarios that can
1: happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, The assist numbers spoke
0: for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron.
1: Uh, Sure, Akron.
0: Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex
1: Jewell. Well, get your fill of warm weather in. It may say the calendar is November, but it certainly feels like it should be more like May, Alex Jewell, on a hot edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast.
0: Every edition of this show is hot because we bring you all the action at Eastern Michigan straight from the source. But you're right about the temperature. I feel like I should be in a bathing suit, although that is something I've been told that nobody in this department wants to see. And I say, fine for now, but you can't stop me in the summer months.
1: Speedo is what Alex... Alex said he will wear on a warm football game night for the right price. So go fund me or just call up Dan McClain, Alex Speedo. 2020. Here we go.
0: Green and white Speedo. I would definitely entertain the thought of doing that if it was to help the athletic department here at Eastern Michigan. Well, let's be honest. I'd probably do it for a pretty small price, but uh, let, let's not go down that
1: road. It's not a small price to pay for the issues at hand this week. A military heavy week ahead of us that we'll see Eastern seeing plenty of red this week as the football team travels to Ball State to take on the Cardinals on Wednesday night, a 7 o'clock tip on CBS Sports Network. That that is Veterans Day, and have your patriotic colors lying strong and true, Alex Jewell, come Wednesday night. Absolutely. We talked last year about Veterans Day, and I think it's one of those holidays that we're so lucky to
0: celebrate here in this country. When you think about it, everybody, no matter who they are, has a story or someone to be thankful for on Veterans Day. Of course, my family riddled with veterans. Of course, my dad, who listens to the show, is a veteran, so thankful for his service in the Army, as well as Uh, numerous of my uncles and family members. So I can't thank them personally enough. And I know that that's the same for everybody across the board. Really, when you think about the jobs we get to do, we talk about football and different sports on a daily basis and kind of get to live in this fantasy world. But it's only because of people like that who are fighting uh, for our freedoms and our way of life. So we can't thank them enough on Veterans Day. And of course, we're lucky to have a veteran right here in this office that helps uh, us do our jobs every day in graduate assistant Jessica Cruzan, And I know... She means a lot to you as well, Greg.
1: She does. And it's, as we always say, she's not a former Marine. She is a Marine. So we'll get that right. And as Alex said, certainly, uh, I would also like to thank my both grandfathers who were uh, veterans in World War II. Certainly, my grandpa Everett, who was in the uh, throes of everything in France with General Eisenhower and my grandpa Evan, who was in the Philippines. So without them, I wouldn't have the, the cushy job of typing up things and, and putting the uh, things on a website that they did not have the luxury of doing back in the day. So we appreciate everything that they've been able to do. But yeah, Alex, uh, tip our caps to them. And we also know there's some current and former Eastern players that make the lot. So stay tuned to EMU Eagles this week uh, for recognition for our veterans all week long. The game at hand will come uh, Wednesday night. That as Eastern Michigan tries to end a three-game losing skit dating back to last year. They've lost the Golden Flashes twice in those three games and a taste in their mouth against the Cardinals. They would like to get out quick. But Ball State, on the other hand, has been on the short side of things, too. They lost with 10 seconds to go to Miami. So you can guess Mike New and company will have their A game prepared for Wednesday night.
0: Mike New has done a really nice job at Ball State. This is fifth season. Uh, and, of course, Ball State's been an interesting matchup for Eastern over the years. A lot of historic wins uh, just in the Chris Creighton era alone here. The challenge with Ball State is no matter how good you are, when you have a four-year starting quarterback like they do in Drew Plitt, that's a challenge for any defense. But if anybody's going to live up to that challenge, it's Neil Nethery. His unit did another fantastic job at Kent State. That was certainly the highlight, holding the golden flashes off the scoreboard for five consecutive possessions. And we'll just have to see what it looks like on Wednesday night. Uh, all in all, another week right now that we're scheduled to play football, and that is a blessing in itself.
1: Think positive, test negative. That continues to be the key, and Eastern Michigan will be ready for Wednesday night. This this week, we get to chat with a junior who has so much to be thankful for for his time at Eastern Michigan. This is a kid who did not come to this university to play football originally, found his way onto a walk-on tryout, earning a scholarship on Christmas Day one year ago in downtown Detroit. Hassan Badoun our key guest today, and a wide receiver that went for a career-high tying nine catches and 112 yards receiving the other night against Kent State, a great conversation that Alex will have with him later on in this show.
0: Hassan Beydoun, one of the best athletes you could ever talk to. You're going to hear a lot of raw emotion in this interview coming up, and I don't want to tease too much of it, but just for his story playing rugby his first year, not having thinking that he's ever going to play college football again, to now being a scholarship football player. And in the last two games he's played, both have gone over 100 yards receiving. In 129 years of Eastern Michigan football, there's only been 127 such performances, and he's got two of them. So a pretty emotional interview with Haas talking about His journey on the football team and Greg, you mentioned the warm weather. It makes you kind of want to go for a swim, doesn't it? Well, might be a little too cold to still do that here in Michigan, but we've got the next best thing. I also traveled over to Jones Natatorium and I sat down with second-year head swimming coach Derek Perkins. They actually started their season last Friday with a win over Toledo. Opened up with MAC play. He talks about that and about his team that he's got this year, as well as some awesome improvements that they've made over there at Jones for his swimming program. So, a really good episode. Coming your way, lots of different things to to talk about, different sports to cover, and we hope you'll stick with us right after this. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Happy to be joined today by Hassan Beydoun, wide receiver, back to back, hundred yard receiving games now. When you go back to the quick lane bowl last year, Haas, first and foremost, thanks for being on with us. And just give me a little rundown of what you think the first game went like from your personal perspective, but also from a team perspective.
2: From my personal uh, perspective, it's just a blessing to even play football right now during this pandemic. So I was excited, went out there and coaches paired us very well. Like they gave us the recipe. We saw everything in practice that we saw in the game. So the the plan was all there. So we just had to go out and execute you know, like we did a really good job. Personally, I feel like I left some plays on the field like that I should have made. But I also think I can't be too hard on myself. I also think I also had a pretty uh, overall well game. As a team perspective, I would just say it's tough, tough losing a close one like that, but it's only going to make us stronger. We keep our heads high. Um, Just forget about
0: it. Watch the films attack them next week. You've talked a lot in the past about your background growing up, not being a part of this team your first year in college, then having to walk on, then finally getting that scholarship, that kind of breakthrough moment for yourself. Give us a little bit of a background on that journey for you, and how you've gotten to the point that you're at now, where not only are you on this team, you're a legitimate contributor on this team.
2: I don't know where to start. Uh, I'll just start with out of high school. I just feel like I was just overlooked a lot, probably because of my size production wasn't all there. I didn't have a junior year in high school. I broke my arm. I feel like that's, that's that's a big year in recruiting. So coming out of coming out of high school, I didn't really have. I actually had no offers, no PWOs know nothing so there was times where i really thought football was done for me i applied to eastern michigan it's right here it's 40 minutes from my hometown got it, accepted started going to school there and then i actually joined a rugby team a travel rugby team so i was playing rugby i was like that was my second year playing rugby got into it loved the sport but i always just kept in touch with eastern michigan football like my dad went there he always had the games on i i would go to school there so i was like always like just keep up with my school and I just always told myself told my family any chance I get try to take the opportunity to join a team I'm gonna take it so I actually came across a tweet one day I was on Twitter came across a tweet it was my second semester at the school so it was the winter semester they just finished the season and it was saying anybody at the school interested in trying out we're gonna have a meeting so just went to the meeting got my paperwork done tried out the week after and then right from there coach Crane told me that he's gonna bring me on a team so just started from there like they right into winter workouts so it was tough right into winter workouts I'm talking six a.m eight stations probably the toughest time of the year i, I was i was i was in it for a rude awakening i was like wow this is what college football is like but i just stuck it out kept grinding i always knew what i was capable of went to spring ball and i ended up popping my hamstring my very first spring ball there so i was just like wow and that was that was kind of tough on me but i just always stuck with it i always knew what i was capable of i just knew my time was coming just trusting god so i just kept playing kept playing came back ended up making the travel squad my very first year there made a travel squad they didn't play much on offense i had like six total snaps on the offense that whole year but well, played on special teams started building relationships with the players and the coaches i learned a lot from blake bannum blake bannum probably one of the biggest mentors i've ever had at this program told me everything how it was kept it real with me and just helped me grow as a person how me mature as a player so big appreciation to blake bannum and then that following year which was my sophomore year kept grinding kept grinding i had i had one thing on my mind and that was a scholarship just kept playing contributed on the offense and then as coach crane said surprised me with that scholarship on christmas morning and that was a blessing it was just like everything i've worked for just kind of finally paid off you know after that settled in woke up the next morning we had a game so i couldn't be content had to keep that chip on my shoulder keep grinding and then had a career night and i just i just knew right there like god was with me like i was i was truly grateful probably the best two days of my entire life and then after that game i'm just like wow like many more of these games to come so i'm gonna keep stacking i'm heading into the off season and then we get sent home during spring ball with the pandemic so everything actually the whole journey's been up and down with with everything like i said just the pandemic got sent home I had to keep grinding and now we came back after 314 days to play our family like our first game in 314 days and I had a game like I did and I just, like I, just said, I just it just, it's up and down and I'm just truly grateful for it all and I just know God is with me.
0: You and uh, your mentor Blake Bantam are not only similar in terms of your playing style but I think maybe you two of anybody have two of the coolest scholarship reveal moments that we've ever had in this program and maybe that I've ever seen. Of course, Blake had his was a little more heart pumping because uh, the cops came out and acted like they were going to arrest him before they told him uh, about his scholarship. Of course, you got yours as a Christmas present, which was a great surprise to you in front of the team. I love the fact that you embrace that walk-on role and that challenge that you faced. You feel like your whole life trying to get into the position you're in now, especially with this pandemic and especially in the area that you're coming from in Dearborn. There's a lot of kids that are maybe like you that might not have that scholarship opportunity coming out of high school. It, it may not even be sports related, might not feel like they are getting the opportunities to to show their talents in life and, and whatnot as much as, as they should. It's hard on people to have those experiences. What's your message for maybe kids who are in high school or younger who just right now with everything going on in life, it feels like there's a lot of weight on the shoulders. What's your message about perseverance and, and being able to to get to that spot?
2: It might, it might sound cliche, but it's really, it. You think you can do something, you set your mind to it, go out and do it. There's a lot of people that sit out there and just wish, wish they can do stuff, wish they can be in that situation, that opportunity. But the way I look at it, is, why not go work for it? I feel like hard workers are always rewarded. So at the end of the day, whatever you want to do, like I said, might not be football, might not like whatever it is, whatever you want to do, just go out and get it. So like all the time you sit around complaining, hoping for opportunity like that, because some people, some people are blessed with opportunities. But at the end of the day, this world is not a fair world. And everyone knows that people are blessed. Some people are, are not. Just go work for it. Some people just have to work a little bit harder.
0: You mentioned the quick lane bowl appearance. I, I want to ask you about this. You play in the quick lane bowl in front of a record crowd in that bowl game. Thirty-four thousand plus, I would argue, very strong majority Eastern fans there. Next game that you play in this past Wednesday no fans in the stands, nobody, nada. You could probably hear me up on top of the roof on the press box. And that was the yeah. question you had to you other than a few band members. What was that like going from the Quick Lane Bowl fan experience to Kent State? And how do you produce that energy for yourself when you don't have 30,000 people doing it for you?
2: Well, I mean, the Quick Lane Bowl was something different. It was something I'd never seen before. That was actually incredible. I had a whole family in one section, probably 30 deep. And it's great knowing that you're, like, your loved ones are there watching you in person. But at the end of the day, you're playing football. So when the game starts with 35,000 fans, like you don't even hear them. You're playing football. You stick to the script. You work on what you practice all week and you're just locked in. So... I feel like it's really no different once you're on the field playing football other than probably when the game is over before the game. That's, that's, that's my biggest, like, difference. Like, even at Kent State, no fans. Once I was on the field and you're locked, in, you're locked in, you're locked in, you're playing football. Fans or no fans, I feel like if you're a football player and you want to win and you're competitive and you want to be great and you're at this level playing football, you're, you're going to give it your best every play.
0: Well, and you're not kidding about the family support you have. I went not too long ago to get an oil change, and I had a blocky on, and the guy said to me, oh, Hasbadoon's my guy. He's my boy. Boy, you got you to gotta look out for him. I said, oh, I know all about him. You're certainly popular around this whole area, which uh, you keep making those catches, you're going to get more and more, and our fans are, are going to know more about you. You know, I want to talk a little bit really quickly about your individual performance against Ball State. 112 yards, that's one yard off your career high. You tied your career high with nine receptions. You tied your career long with a 35-yard reception. And I want to know, I don't know if you know this, 129 years of Eastern Michigan football, 127 times a person, has had a 100 plus yard receiving game. You've got two of those 127. If you think about that for a few seconds, what is that Do wow. you just knowing if you've already, you're only one game into the season, knowing, man, you are literally going into the record books here. I've typed your name in already. Think about that going from your walk on journey to now.
2: Yeah, you said don't, uh, don't want me to get emotional. Like I said, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm a very passionate guy. And I didn't know that that actually, made big to me. I gave me goosebumps. Like just everything I've been through and the fact that I didn't even think I was playing college football, like I wasn't play football ever again after high school like that's just that's just insane all i can do is really take my family and god and everyone that's supported me like it's been a long journey and it's not not done yet like i'm not content it's not done yet i still got this year and then two more after that so a a lot a lot to prove
1: We're
0: poolside at Jones Natatorium for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Joined alongside second-year head swimming coach Derek Perkins, where they just finished their first meet of the season against Toledo, coming out with a pretty decisive victory. Before we get into everything, Coach, how does it feel to be back in the pool? See your student athletes get to perform against competition, MAC competition at that. Right out of the gates, I I know you must be elated just to know that they're back in the pool and getting to do what they love.
3: Yeah, it's just you know, kind of nailed it on, on on the head. It's it's just really exciting. To see, you know, our kids competing against another team, and and just getting the the competitive juices going again, and uh, yeah, just fortunate that we're able to to host the meet and. Um, our AD uh, Scott Weatherby. You know we were the second team, other than football, to compete, which is which is really cool and just really good. It Feels really good to be competing again.
0: There had to be a little bit of a, a moment when you first saw the event start to think, "Wow!" After everything we've been through in the last six plus months, we're actually competing. Scores are getting registered. This is real.
3: First thought is just thankful and and grateful that we're like I said, we have this opportunity, and our our uh, you know medical staff has done a great job of uh, keeping everyone safe. And- and, and going through the protocols. But but yeah, it's just I feel very fortunate that we're able to do this.
0: Well, I can assure you that uh, I've already lost about 30 pounds in water weight since coming over here today. And so I know that coronavirus doesn't want to touch anything near this right. pool because it's so uncomfortable. Coach, give me a little bit of a rundown on how your job has changed since coronavirus, of course, came about. And, uh, you know, your roles transitioned more into having to deal with some of those things too. this past summer.
3: You know, it, it, it's been more kind of a, a balancing act you know especially with the the mental health side of things and so just being more conscious on on that end and, and making sure that um we're doing the things we need to do in the pool but also you know watching out for our student athletes from a mental standpoint and, and, and providing that balance and you know it's it, it's okay if you're not where you are right now uh, compared to last year and uh it's, it's a work in progress so uh, but yeah it's definitely been a different approach and you we're we're kind of easing back into things it's been months since a lot of these guys have seen the pool let alone you know competing and, and things like that so so yeah easing into it and just you know making sure that uh we're we're we're, we're more balanced in our approach with with certain things
0: our listeners have had a chance to hear from Scott Weatherby before on the topic. They've had a chance to hear from Coach Creighton, how his teams had to do things a little bit differently in terms of timeline, getting the student-athletes back. What did that look like for you guys, uh, getting your student-athletes back, starting practice, maybe compared to how it normally would have gone?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, honestly, it was a kind of a train wreck coming back. So this is actually the third pool that we've been in since uh, the start of the season. So we started our practice outside at a local outdoor pool, and uh, we were there for about a month to so four or five weeks. And then uh, we have a, another uh, smaller pool on campus. So we trained there for three weeks and uh, and transitioned over here into uh, Jones. So we've had to change our schedules quite a bit. and. You know our our girls have been great about just being flexible and, and rolling with the punches and you know I think anyone with during COVID you know has, has kind of learned that lesson just you have to be fluid and you have to adjust on the fly.
0: Here with Coach Derek Perkins, the head swimming coach at Eastern Michigan, his team just finished up their first meet of the season, a win over Toledo. Coach, thinking about the the win today, obviously we'll get into some individual performances, but you come out pretty strong showing from your team against the MAC opponent. That doesn't always happen where you open against the MAC team a- and a MAC rival, if you will, at that in Toledo. Uh, how impressed with your team are you and how good it feels? Is it a little extra intense when you know you're going right off the bat against the Mac opponent.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It adds a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more intensity and, and it's, it's um, like I said, it's, it's just been great to, to get going and get started with, with the season. And Bree's done a great job at Toledo and she has some, you know, some really good swimmers. Izzy Jones is a, a defending Mac champion. And, you know, they have a number, number of other gr- uh, girls that are high point scorers at, at Mac. So we, we knew we, we were going to have some good races and good competition. And so it was, like I said, it was just good to, to get out there and race and, and, uh, You know, I think overall, I think uh, we definitely had some some bright spots and some some really good swims uh, at this point in the season. Um, A lot of things that we got to work on, too.
0: Absolutely. I know that you and I had talked about how impressed you were with your sophomore group today. Uh, Really a a roster this year, for those that may not know listening, that's got a lot of veterans on it. I think you guys returned over 20 swimmers and uh, just brought a couple of new ones in and one new diver in. Uh, What did you see out of some of your uh, returners today that gives you confidence going forward?
3: Yeah, we we're definitely a little leaner than we were last year, so we're going to, you know, rely on, you know, we're going to lean on everyone. Um, a lot more and you know I, I was telling our team I was really um, impressed with our sophomore class you know they just look more comfortable they look more confident definitely uh, contributed a lot more uh, right off the bat and it's just a testament to them and, and just kind of learning their way through the program and and they kind of know what to expect so they, they did a great job I think our, our breaststroke group is by far our most impro- improved group this year uh, right out the gate and so we got uh, four sophomores in that that class and that in that group a couple veterans mixed in so um it was just really good to see some some kids step up that um didn't really take that step the first year
0: and of course we know you don't work as directly with the divers but still under uh, your realm here and one of your divers a very impressive performance today uh in the one meter bethany Berger. i know that she's already qualified for section c is that right yeah i Uh, believe so so tell me a little bit about her performance today and what that means to have kind of that veteran presence there on the diving board
3: yeah i was talking and, uh, our diving coach Buck, and uh, looked great, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, Bethany was was awesome today." And I was like, "Not bad for uh, two weeks worth of, of work, you know." Yeah. So they, you know, they we've only been in Jones for two weeks, and uh, so they only had access to the boards for for a couple weeks. I was like, uh, "You know, maybe we've been doing this all wrong, you know." Uh, so so really uh, excited for her, happy for her. And they, you know, they the divers have always been a, a strong point with our program, and it's, it's it'll be no different this year. And Buck's got a great group, um, so he's a he's a heck. Of of a coach, too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I do want to ask you a little bit about Buck Smith. It's not often that you come to a program and, and you have a coach here already that's now in his 21st season that's been so successful. I mean, t- the amount of Mac coach of the, Diving Coach of the Year awards he's won, the amount of great divers he's had here, how is it helping you to build your program here knowing that you've got a partner here like Buck Smith?
3: Yeah, it's just I have that foundation and, um, you know, it, it's it's my job to, to add to the foundation and build to that because what Buck has done here for 20 years it's been spectacular, you know. So it's it's kind of me and, and our, our swimming side of things, you know, trying to match that that intensity and, and that, that legacy that the diving programs had. So it, it's just uh comforting to know that I, I don't have to worry about the diving. You know, I always know Buck's gonna do a great job, always produces great, great kids, and it's 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 gonna be a, a strong point for our program for years to come.
0: When we moved back to swimming, we talked about some of those returners, but someone who made a pretty big splash today in, in her first meet in the green and white. Lainey Bell, your transfer from Northern Arizona. This is a swimmer that may only be in her second year or first year, but she's got some legitimate experience and has won the Western Athletic Conference Championship in her past. And so what does it mean to have someone like that that can come right in and go 3-0 and on our first day when you count uh, her relay race today? Oh, without
3: it, it's, it's huge. You know, Lainey is, is uh, a, a big talent and she's no different from, from the other girls. She's got a lot of things she's got to work on. Um, but y- you see the raw speed and the, and, and her underwaters and, and things like that. And um, so it, it, it's going to be tremendous going forward. And to know that we have that in our back pocket and, uh, you know, she, she can sprint, she can, obviously she's a, she's a really good backstroker. So we can throw in her a lot of different events and, and, um, you know, score some big points, but she's been a, a Great addition to the team, and can't wait to see how she develops over the the course of the next few few months.
0: Whether it's swimming or stepping away and swimming in your personal life, what's been what was the biggest challenge of having to to stay away for so long and to uh, change your life? Like everybody had to during this quarantine.
3: That's a great question. I think just adjusting to the new norm and and the schedules and um, you know working from home. Part of it was uh, you know. Do you, re- you have
0: an Olympic sized pool in your house? Is yeah, that, you, know, I- you know what? Yeah, I wish. I-
3: I did. My kids would like that. Just not being around the team. And and I I think everyone has gotten exhausted from Zoom calls, Zoom meetings and and all that. So I think just adjusting to the new normal and um, not being around the team has has been really hard. So And and quite honestly, coming back um, was also quite the adjustment.
0: Was there any silver linings in that though? What are are some of the better moments of being able to kind of step back and do some things differently.
3: Yeah, I, I obviously, you know, spending more time with the family, uh, exploring Michigan a lot more, which is great. You know, going up north, uh, you know, do some vacationing up there. I'm making up for lost time, I didn't have the family for six months um, my first year, so that that was uh, a great silver lining. And I think from a team perspective, we stay connected. We we talked every week through the whole pandemic, and I think that that's going to be a mainstay through the summer months. You know, I think um, utilizing Zoom a little bit more and, and hopefully you know we can keep them here in the summer and and uh, do our thing hopefully the pandemic doesn't doesn't hit us again but hopefully we can keep everyone here in the summer and and build a stronger foundation so but yeah you know it's 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 all uh, it's all what you make of it and um so we've been pretty good about rolling with the punches and adjusting on the fly so
0: i'm gonna give greg steiner some crap during this interview because he's been at eastern now for 21 years same as buck smith he's never gone more north than like claire michigan and you in just over a year have ventured up north where's the best place you visited this summer
3: oh man sleeping bear dunes was great we walked up the uh climbed up the dunes Uh, my mom came god bless her she walked up the first one i think that but that was (laughs) she was done after that traverse city was great my wife and i we went over to uh in Holland Michigan yep. um so we, we've been been around a little bit so it's it, we we love the state of Michigan it's 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 awesome uh my wife's parents are going to come up next summer we're going to vacation up north again uh with with the, with the family so um it's been great
0: well you know when they say when you live in Michigan you don't have to go anywhere in summer for vacation right. just a right. couple hour drive coach you talked about being back in Jones and I know it's great to be in your own pool but it's also a big step for your program because I know there's some new additions in this building that your team gets to have this year and uh, in the locker room renovation and whatnot give us a little bit of background on how that came to fruition and what it means to your girls to now have a, a new space to be able to really help recruit and also yeah. just kind of raise their overall experience
3: here at east yeah it's it's huge I mean I I can't speak enough um from you know our Scott to you know our, our board of trustees at, that made this possible it, it, it's just a when the kids walk through the door and they see the new space the new locker rooms it's just a, a, a new sense of pride and you know and it's 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 a new era new coaching new new vision you know we're just going in a new direction and and so we're, there, there's just a, a, a deeper sense of pride with, with that comes along with that and it, it's just huge and and um you know we're we're about i don't know a week and a half into the new space and um getting nameplates on the lockers and you know starting to get some furniture and stuff in, in there and stuff so it's just um it's just a great thing for our program and and hopefully we can spill that over to other areas uh within the program and and just keep keep making making things better
0: certainly a sense of pride a lot of pride in this program here at eastern michigan and the swimming program coach Derek perkins yeah we're sitting here poolside and there's i don't know probably close to 30 banners up yeah. there and i know you're looking to add a few of those yourself in your tenure here coach really glad you had a good summer got to spend some time up north now i'm even more glad that you're back with your swimmers and, and that you guys are in action appreciate you joining us today and wishing you all the best of luck moving forward in your season thank you appreciate it that's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.